Well, hello everybody. Hello and welcome to Essex Church, where this, our community of Kensington Unitarians, meets each week. Ours is a gathered community created by all those who walk through our doors. This world, this world can be a tough and troubling place at times, as well as beautiful and delightful. And we need places in which we can reflect, recharge our batteries, find comfort and strength and new possibilities. And this church is such a place. We don't offer easy answers or certainties, except the certainty that life takes on a different character when we share the journey with others. And so I welcome you this morning and invite you to take this moment now to settle yourself, to know yourself, to be truly here now, to align yourself with that which you hold to be of worth. In these opening words, writer K.D. Lodeman Copeland asks us to say yes to life this day. We are called to gather in worship as a beloved community. We are called to set aside distractions and anxieties that we might touch deeper springs and be renewed. We are called to seek and to share comfort for the hurts that afflict. We are called to desire more love, more justice and life, more abundant. We are called to truth, to mercy, to humility and to courage. So let us answer that call with the yes of our lives. We light this chalice as a symbol of our faith. By its light may our vision be illumined. By its warmth may our fellowship be encouraged. And by its flame may our yearnings for peace, justice and the life of the spirit be enkindled. Welcome one and all. As I call on the divine spirit of life and of love to be with us now and to bless all that we say and do together here today. As we sit quietly and we turn our attention inwards and we focus our thoughts and what we focus upon is different for each of us. For we are unique beings, and each of us has our own unique sense of that which we hold to be divine. And yet we share a common humanity. And it is this common humanity that brings us our concerns and anxieties, our hopes and our fears and our gratitude and our joy. For this is what it is to be human. 
we care for others, both those close to us and those whose lives we hear of only in the news. We delight in the natural world with its rich gifts for our senses, the sounds, the sights, the smells and the tastes, the very touch of it all. And we have an idea that we can be greater than we often are, that there is perhaps something of the divine in each and every one of us. And we sense mysteries beyond our comprehension as we look at the stars, perhaps, or gaze upon a flower or the face of a child. As we enter a brief time of shared silence together now, may we be open to the possibility of divine love within and beyond us, touching places within us that need the healing power of love and beaming that love out throughout our wider world. And may the peace and the stillness of this time and this place stay with us and strengthen us for the task of living our lives as people aligned with the power of justice and of love, now and always. Amen. I'm never sure about asking people to join in a a shared prayer together, and yet when I found these words, I actually first heard the Dalai Lama on a film um, speaking this prayer. It's on your um, pale blue sheet. I was so very touched when I heard him say this prayer, and I think it perhaps can speak for us all. So if you wish, do join with me in speaking the Buddhist prayer of peace. May I become, at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with oceans to cross, a bridge for those with rivers to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need. Thank you. Carol is not the only one who is in love with Tony Benn. What a fine politician and what a fine man. And I just thought I had to recognise his huge contribution to humanity uh, by reading a little piece of his um, from Letters to My Grandchildren, Thoughts on the Future. It's all marvellous stuff, and um, it, it was hard to choose any bit of it, but in the end, there's just a little section about human progress that, that really spoke to me. And he's, he's writing this for his grandchildren. Just to put, he says, recent advances in perspective. When your great-great-great-grandfather, James Holmes, was born in 1831, 
only 2% of the population could vote, and Stevenson's rocket had not yet launched the era of rail travel. When your great-great-grandfather, John Benn, was born in 1850, there were no telephones in use. When your great-grandmother, my mother, Margaret Holmes, and she's worth a service all on her uh, own, fascinating woman and a true socialist. When Margaret Holmes was born in 1897, women did not have the vote and no aircraft had ever left the surface of the earth. Even when your grandfather, that's me, was born, there was no television. And when your parents were born in the 1950s, computers were not in general use and the internet had not been developed. It's tempting to try to imagine what technology will exist when your children are 84. And he he reckoned that as in 2125. But one thing is sure, the choices they face could be even more challenging than those which you face. But one thing has not changed over the centuries, and that is the moral principle which should guide us in life. The founders of the world's religions taught us that we should treat people as we expect to be treated ourselves. It is also the message of trade union banners. An injury to one is an injury to all. Every generation has to fight the same battles for peace, justice and democracy and there is no final victory nor final defeat. Your generation will have to take up its own battles. These are the ideas which led me to write this book and I address them to you, but also to your generation in the hope that they will give you all encouragement to develop ways of safeguarding humankind and making life better for all of humanity. Yeah, rest in peace, Tony Benn. Just a little bit of information about, about the campaign that is linked um, with that Song, it, Standing on the Side of Love, and I have got the T-shirt, is a public advocacy campaign of the Unitarian Universalist Association, our sister community over in the States and in Canada. And its goal is to harness love's power to end bigotry and oppression against people because of their identity. The message, standing on the side of love, emerged as a rallying point for people of faith in Massachusetts during their early efforts for fully inclusive marriage, and later during the fight against what was known as Proposition 8 in California, which would have taken a step back in terms of equal marriage rights. And then, what actually inspired this campaign was... um, Um, a horrible shooting in 2008 at the Tennessee Valley Unitarian Universalist Church. They were targeted because they welcome lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender people and because they have a liberal stance on many, many issues. Two people were killed that day in July in 2008 and seven others were injured when a gunman opened fire inside the uh, Unitarian Universalist Church during the morning performance of a children's play. And the man who shot these people had written a long letter explaining his actions were because of his hatred of the liberal movement. The community in Knoxville responded with an outpouring of love, and that 
inspired the leadership of the Unitarian Universalist Association to launch a campaign that would harness love's power to challenge exclusion, oppression and violence based on, you name it, sexual orientation, gender identity, immigration status, race, religion or any other identity. And they asked people to stand on the side of love in response to these many issues that face us in our day. So that's just a little bit about about this campaign. I'm I'm not at all up to date with the teaching of sports in school. And I'm sure that teaching methods have moved on a bit from the grim realities that I experienced. I'd better check first. Do we have any sports teachers in the room? Excellent. Then I can be shamelessly stereotypical for a minute or two, with apologies, of course, to any sports teachers who might listen to this podcast at some future date, as yet unknown. But really, back in the day, as they say, sports teachers were considered to be a breed apart. People who did not feel the cold and could not imagine that some of our bodies were not quite like theirs. We had a teacher called Miss Quash, (laughs) and she invented a posture-improving method, which we used to call Miss Quash's torture, and you can try it now if you like. Normal people fold their arms like that, don't they? And Miss Quash used to make us fold our arms. Come on now, just give it a try, everybody. Can you fold your arms behind your back? Look at you, Miss Quash would be proud of you all. (laughs) And look how it immediately makes you sit up straight. Well, she would have us stand in line like this for a considerable length of time. All right, we can stop that now. I don't want you to get stuck. ghastly business and I I remember Miss Quash's look of complete incomprehension you know with that underlying message of you are a lesser being Sarah because of this when I tried to explain to her that I just could not climb a rope (laughs) and and I don't know if you had this experience but some of you I suspect will have had the anxiety that she produced in me when two of the sportiest pupils were asked to pick teams <laughs> really I know that won't happen in schools today I hope not I just shan't go into too much detail just in case you haven't had that experience I shan't tell you how painful it is to be left until last to be chosen for some sporting team no, let's, let's turn our attention to a much better method for life anyway. That instead of waiting to be chosen for a team, a team of equal size, instead we get to choose, we get to choose which team we would like to be in. And today's choice is between two teams, and it's the love team and the hate team. Now, thank goodness those teams don't have to be of equal size. Because we know, don't we, that if, if the world's population had to choose a team right now, had to choose between love and hate, the vast majority of people are going to be in the love team, standing on the side of love, not on the side of hate. 
But my goodness, don't we need the love team to be the biggest team? Because one person, just one person, filled with hatred, can cause a great deal of trouble and distress for everyone else. That man who shot and killed two people at the Unitarian Universalist Church in Knoxville in 2008 was filled with hatred. A broken marriage, unable to get a job, unpleasant situations for anyone to be in. But for him, it led him to take action against the liberal church he held to be responsible for his pain. Now, such extreme behaviour really does not happen very often at all in our world. When it does happen, it gets a lot of publicity. Far more frequent are those small, yet still incredibly significant acts of love that help to make our world a better place and to help us all. In, that words, in the words of that Buddhist prayer that we spoke earlier on, helping us to cross the ocean of life, or as the Hindu proverb at the end of um, today's order of service says, help another's boat across and your own will reach the shore. Life just has to be an altruistic act where we acknowledge that the circumstances others find themselves in are inextricably linked to our own lives. To live only for ourselves is surely not what life is all about. The president of the UUA, the Reverend Peter Morales, um, writes movingly about love. He writes, Love reaches out. That is the essence of love. Love is our longing for deep connection. A search for connection is at the heart of all spiritual traditions and practices. The spiritual journey is a pathway into the depths of our being. And it's also a journey of transcending the stifling confines of the self. Profound spiritual experiences are experiences of union. Union with others and union ultimately with the great mystery of life. We humans are profoundly and fundamentally relational creatures. Words from Peter Morales. We are profoundly and fundamentally relational creatures. We cannot do this thing called life on our own. And the more that we can reach out to others, especially perhaps people who are different from ourselves, then the more we can start to break down barriers of fear and ignorance and replace them with connections. Connections made of love and of curiosity about those who are different from us. That is what healthy relationships are made of. And a healthy church community, I think, is made of faith, put into action. Actions aligned with the values that underpin our living. So we may stand, we may sit, we may dance, we may sing. We may write letters and sign petitions and collect money and think thoughts and gather information and talk to others and listen to others. These are just some of the things that I know people here in our congregation do when we put our values into action. Our faith is not just about Sunday mornings and coming to church, is it? Much as I appreciate seeing you all here today and every Sunday you can make it. No, our, our faith starts with us. 
and our relationship with that which inspires and guides us, that which we hold to be of ultimate worth, the God of our understanding, the God of our hearts. And our individual faith is then shaped by this, our beloved community. And then, strengthened by that identity, we can reach out to the world in all its complexity and we put our faith into action. We live our values, we base our actions upon those values. So my closing question today, a question for myself as well as for any of you who would like to ask it, if we choose again today to join love's team, if we choose to stand on the side of love, is there any one change that you would introduce in your life? A new action perhaps, a new way of thinking maybe, a new conversation you want to start? Let's talk about those possibilities together. When emboldened by faith, we dare to proclaim we are standing on the side of love. Amen. And so, let us choose to bless this world with our love, knowing that we could never achieve all that could be achieved, knowing that much must remain unhealed, knowing that we are frail, imperfect beings, and yet also knowing that love can climb mountains and find ways through walls. Let us choose to bless the world with our love, this day and every day, joining together with others, open-hearted lovers of all that we survey. Amen. Amen. Go well and blessed be.